1: Dipsy stories dot com, slash, just
0: This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser. Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Welcome to Just Break Up, the podcast about love, heartbreak, and all the relationship advice you don't want to hear. My name is Sierra Demuller.
1: And I'm Sam Blackwell, and today we're going to answer a letter from somebody who is wondering if she can ever reclaim the goodness she had with her ex. But before we begin, we just want to give you our Surgeon General's warning, which is that Sierra and I are not licensed mental health practitioners.
0: No, we are not. We are not professionals. We are not trained in any of this. Who knows? I mean, I don't even know if we're like mentally well, (laughs) but... Uh, This is all to say, uh, please take our advice as you see fit. We are only here to offer our humble musings to hopefully shed some understanding and maybe some laughs about the incredibly rewarding, but mostly confusing experience that is love.
1: All right, let's get into today's letter. So today's letter comes from the Jabberwock, whose pronouns are she, her, who is writing from the Slithy Toves of Uncertainty. Hi, Sam and Sierra. Sorry, I couldn't resist. Last week, I, 39, she, her, hit a new mental health low that culminated in being A, abruptly dumped by my partner of four years, and B, diagnosed with borderline personality disorder. It's taken this long to sink in that the relationship was not as good and healthy as I'd thought, even though we were both generally really happy together and making future plans. Part of my emotional dysregulation during the breakup played out in unusually angry, destructive actions and reactions in our final conversation that definitely pushed him away more than I intended. I do think that the split was hard for him, too. We worked through the whole breakup over emails that I'm both thankful and regretful for. I've since learned to journal my ugly feelings instead of sharing them at him. It's now been since July that we've conversed at all. I'm at a point in my gooey, ugly, inside-the-cocoon healing journey where I know I'll be a happier, stronger person after all of this. I know I won't miss him like this forever. I know I'll fall in love and have great sex again. I'll be okay if I never hear from him again. But... I still miss him so, so much, and I really think that there's a chance that we could be happy together again, even though together would look completely different than before for several logistical and emotionally necessary reasons, e.g. I now live two hours away. We're both non-monogamous, so moving on doesn't preclude the possibility of reconnecting. The ball is technically in his court for contact, which I have stubbornly honored, but since he's the king of out of sight, out of mind, and not disrupting the status quo, I truly don't expect that he will ever reach out, even if he wants to. What I want to ask him is, was the inciting incident and or my actions slash reactions that followed bad enough to make us over forever, Or is there any chance that we could meet again as healthier adults and reclaim some of the goodness that we had? But do I really want to know if it's over forever? Theoretically, it would help me move on and put any of that pesky lingering hope behind me. But regardless of this possible answer, is it worth reopening the wounds that I've been working so hard to heal? I already struggle with the idea that I fully and irreparably broke him slash us, and I don't want to end up trying to prove to him that I'm better in some way if he says that there is a chance. I would love to hear your thoughts. Thank you for sharing your hearts with all of us. P.S. The inciting incident was a typical, for me, BPD meltdown But it came out in later emails that he felt like I was being, quote, accidentally coercive with my emotions in general, a claim that I now 100 percent recognize and agree with and I'm working on in therapy. I'm also fully aware that he may not be doing any of the work himself and may not be actually any healthier in the future.
0: All right, my darling, thank you so much for writing, for listening and for trusting us with this very delicate letter. Um, I can I just want to say you know, you are still in that sticky, gooey healing place, but I can see through your letter how hard you are working, how, how much effort you're putting into how you navigate this transition, how you learn from it, how you hold yourself accountable and how you also, you know, can break some Habits and get resources and help and whatnot. I just, I feel it coming from your letter. And I know that during this, often like during times post breakup and post maybe behavior that we're not super proud of, it can be really easy to just punish, 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 self-deprecate, self-deprecate, you know, because we're so, we don't want to repeat. We don't want to repeat the behavior. Um, And we feel like we really have to earn any sort of like love and respect because of the bad things that we did before or whatever. So I just want to say um I I acknowledge the work that you're doing, the hard effort that you're putting in, and also I already love you. I already trust you. I think that you're deserving of these good things in the relationship. Um and uh yeah, you're you're in a you're in that sticky gooey place of of healing, of of growth and transition and Um, Sam and I are going to offer you some camaraderie, I think, and, um, maybe some perspective on how to carry this heartache, you know, in, in the same hand as your growth, um, and your clarity and, uh, and yeah, maybe give you some advice, but mostly just be with you in this, in this really hard time, um. But first, we have to take a very quick break. All right. Y'all know that Sam and I record every single episode of Just Break Up virtually. So I literally see this beautiful person on Zoom like multiple times a week. And every time Sam pops up into Zoom, I comment on their outfit. And I swear, like 99% of the time, I'm like, oh, my God, that outfit is so cute. Where did you get it? Sam says quince.
1: Use the middle person, <laughs> just get rocket money in there to help you do what you need to do.
0: Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash just That's rocketmoney.com slash just break rocketmoney.com slash just Welcome
1: back everyone. Uh, again. Jabberwock thank you so much for writing to us um and I think I think it's really interesting that you picked the um I think it's really interesting that you picked the name Jabberwock because it's like the Jabberwock is like this like horrible monster that like lurks in the shadows and like scares everyone and is always sort of like out of sight but then there and it's terrifying and I and I think that um You know, you've named some of the ways in which your um, mental illness like comes out in places where it doesn't seem to serve you really well. Right. Like, you know, you've talked about some of the ways in which your um, borderline personality disorder like makes you emotionally coercive right or makes you angry and destructive and all of this right it feels like there's kind of like a jabberwock that may exist inside you sometimes that rears its ugly head and you don't know where it's coming from and um it kind of was always kind of like lurking there in the shadows and i just want to name the fact that you know dealing with a mental illness like borderline personality disorder is a challenge in itself right um You are, you know, like you didn't pick having this mental illness for yourself. You know, you're, you're not sort of like sitting in it and being like, yeah, absolutely. This is great for me. I love that this is happening. Right. And I want more of it. (laughs) You know, you're making some choices. Your, your body and your mind are making choices for you that maybe not the ones that you would pick if you had more sort of ability to regulate those things, especially given the fact that it was undiagnosed when all of this was happening, right? Like this this jabberwock wasn't something that was like known to you. You thought it was just there, right? You didn't have any control over it. And I, I really appreciate that you're sort of looking at this and and trying to take stock of the ways in which your mental illness caused you to show up in ways that are not helpful for you or in ways that caused harm to people. And I, and I think that the accountability around that is really wonderful. And like Sierra said, I don't want you to sit here and look at this situation and think, i ruined all this, right? I took something good and I made it into something bad. This is all my fault and I'm the only one that had any sort of control or influence over what happened. Because I understand that that is a really easy story to tell. I understand that that's the story we tell about people with mental illness in our society as well. And I also understand that there's something... That can be really healing, slash, um, comforting about taking all of the blame on ourselves, right? Cuz then if we have all the blame, we can fix it, right? If we're the one that caused all the problems, then we can be the one to make all the problems go away if we just behave in the perfect way, if we regulate our emotions in ways that don't impact other people, if we apologize enough, if we prove to other people that we're different than we were before, right? Like cool, then all the problems will be fixed and I will have the thing back that I lost. This isn't a true story. I'm, I'm just going to say that point blank. The true story isn't that you had a perfect, wonderful relationship and then your BPD caused it to fall apart and that were it not for that, nothing bad would have happened. Were it not for you handling things poorly, none of this would have happened. You know, Folks who have BPD aren't reacting out of spite for people, right? Often our mental illnesses flare up when we are unhappy. They flare up when we're in a situation that feels uncomfortable and we don't see a way out of it. They flare up when there's some sort of need that we're trying to express that either isn't being heard or isn't being met or we're expressing it in ways that that don't allow those things. Right. So like, I don't want, I don't want you to paint this picture that your relationship was perfect and all rainbows and puppy dogs. And that suddenly the Jabberwock came and destroyed everything, right. I want you to look at this relationship and recognize that like the way that you responded or reacted out of what was clearly not working for you may have been not the way that you would like to, and may have been not super constructive or healthy for you. But you were reacting to something that was inherently not working, right? You were acting, reacting to something that was causing you distress or harming you in some way, right? And, and that the idea that you can suddenly heal yourself enough that those things won't bother you or won't happen again, I don't think is the goal that we can have. I mean, it sounds really, it, it's really helpful and like crystal clear, which I think is why so many of us who have like had situations where this kind of like something good seems to like fall apart in front of us. Like that's the story that we like to tell ourselves, but I I don't think that that's true. Um, And I, and I want you to be able to see that with more perspective, because I want you to be able to see that, like you are not the monster of this story. You're, you are not the person who destroyed the world. You are somebody who was hurting and acted out in ways that maybe weren't super helpful, but you were already in a place where there was hurt. You were already in a place where something wasn't functioning right. And and it's not all your fault. It is, it is not just yours to take on. I
0: want to talk about the reach out after the breakup. Um, but first I want to talk about how we move through the world as someone who is who's, who's not best self has been seen by someone we love and respect. Um, I think that it's like really humbling and scary and challenging to, you know, maybe behave in a way that we are not proud of, especially to somebody that we really value and respect. And then have to like exist afterwards, <laughs> you know, and then have to like move through the world knowing that this, that this person that you once loved or still love knows this intimate, scary secret about you, you know, to Sam's point, the Jabberwock is like, is not this scary secret, like what you are not this terrible monster, but I know that it is that it feels that way sometimes to have like our worst behavior, being, be known by someone else. And I think why it's particularly hard in breakups is because in addition to like maybe wanting the relationship to still be going on, you might want to, to prove to this person you love and respect or loved and respected once that, that's, that you're better than that, that you, that you're healed or that you are, um, that you're growing or that you regret it, you know? Um, and it goes hand in hand with those feelings of a breakup of like, you know, the breakup, the relationship, it feels unfulfilled, unfinished, uh, untapped potential. There's all this unfinished nature to it, you know, and then add to that, this idea that you, that this person saw you at, at your, at your not, at your least graceful self, you know, you're your 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 secret bad self that we all have or whatever um there's this desire for there's a desire to like prove yourself to prove that you're not that person or that you regret it or you know you don't it's so uncomfortable to know that there are people walking out there in the world who's who have seen you be and act in a way that you're not proud of that's uncomfortable it's uncomfortable it's also uncomfortable Knowing that there's somebody out there that you love and that you might never reach that full, true, healthy, stable relationship potential with them. That, that this might have been the best that you and him could, could have done. That's uncomfortable. And I think my, the biggest thing I want to muse on today is just how do we get used to feeling that discomfort and, and knowing that that, that feeling is not something we have to do act on or that it's, you know, how do we sit with the truth, the uncomfortable truth that people are going to have experiences with us that aren't our best. And that, that might be their last experience with us. Like that is vulnerable. That's scary. That like triggers all of my people pleasing and my control issues because it would just, it would just bury me in shame and anxiety to, to know that somebody had that experience with me and that was their last experience of me. All I would want to do is, is prove them wrong. Honestly, I, I don't even have any answers. I'm just sort of like talking through what this experience would be for me. And also I know that a huge amount of my healing and clarity has come from the idea that like, I can't control what people are thinking of me. It's okay for me to have poor reactions to things. Yes. Do I want to be, you know, thoughtful and well-rounded and in control of my emotions? Yes. Am I always going to be perfect? Absolutely not. It's okay that there are people out there that have imperfect experiences of you. We're all figuring out you. It was fucking undiagnosed. Like that is so hard. Um, And like Sam said, we don't know the conditions that triggered some of this behavior, you know. Um, And I think in breakups, like the desire to like try again or to make things right or to contact the partner after the breakup to like talk things through. I think it's I think deep down it's like a deep desire to make things not feel uncomfortable (laughs) you know it's a it's a deep desire to make things feel concluded in a peaceful way or a more black and white way and i'm not really sure if that is ever really owed to us or possible you know i feel like i'm like the cough medicine is kicking in and i'm feeling a little a little loopy and (laughs) and rambly but You know, with a letter like this, other than telling you, yes, you should reach out or no, you should reach out, and this is what you should say or this is what you should not say, I have no advice other than to say, yeah, this feels so relatable and so hard. It's so emotionally challenging to to regret and learn from your behavior. It's it's, this is the work it's called work for a reason. You know, it's actual emotional labor that you're doing on yourself and it takes courage and it takes energy and it takes a lot of discomfort. And so I just, I guess I would just want to acknowledge that and say, you're doing all of that and I'm proud of you. And, and I don't know if you should reach out to your ex or not. I, I will always vote a hesitant yes.
1: <laughs> and Sam will always
0: vote a most likely no. Right?
1: <laughs> yeah, I think that's probably right.
0: <laughs> well, I, I always like, I want people to have their peace, but I'm I'm getting to the point in my life where I'm like, I don't know if the peace comes from anywhere but yourself, friends. and Or like maybe the peace comes from being like, there's peace in discomfort. There's peace in the unfinished. There's peace in the in the fact that this is all that I will know of this person. There's peace there, even if it hurts like, like a hell.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that, you know, as you're thinking about reaching out to your ex, you know, you're hoping for a conversation that would um, allow you to move on, right? This idea of like, yes, that door will be fully closed finally. And, and that's going to be what it's going to be. And I also just want to say that, like, again, you are not, I think it sort of, again, it sort of ties into that idea that you have around, like, your partner has all the control because you're the monster. And so he gets to decide if the door is shut or not against the monster. And I think what I want you to know and what I want you to sort of live in is the reality that, like, you also get to decide about whether or not this is a relationship worth pursuing right I and I and I don't know that it is right I I know that you are sort of looking back on this and saying like everything was perfect and then I fucked it up and I also want you to recognize that like there were problems in the relationship that weren't just about you and how you reacted and responded to things and Do you really want to be in a place where you are constantly pursuing friendship with someone who hasn't contacted you since July, right? That's a long time to go without having any sort of contact with this person. So I know that it's like he has the answer and I need to find it, but I also want you to be able to look at your own experiences, your own self and say, I have answers available to me. And also I get to decide what I put time and intention and, and effort into. I don't need somebody to, to say this isn't for us because you also get to decide whether or not this type of relationship where you're talking via email, where you're not convers- you're not having any conversation over the course of the last six months is a relationship that you want to spend time and energy into. And I, I don't know that it is right. Like, I think you deserve better than that. And I think that as you're, moving through this mental health journey and you're finding ways to be in relationship with people that are more in alignment with your goals and who you want and who you want to be and how you want to show up that you deserve somebody who's going to be all in with you. You deserve somebody who's going to, to want to spend time with you. And I don't know that this person, this ex has a secret that you need to find out about yourself anymore. Right? I don't think that he has an answer that you need to be looking for. I think I think that you can recognize for your, yourself that this relationship is over, that there's nothing that's gonna happen after this, at least not for the foreseeable future, and that you get to decide what you wanna spend your time and energy doing, whether that's care for yourself or care for others or care for a new person that might come into your life. Like You get to decide about that. And I want you to have the autonomy and the power of deciding what you are going to do with your life, knowing that this relationship isn't working and hasn't worked and is over.
0: You know what I said? Spencer came to visit me recently and you know, something I said to him was like in conversation about life and relationships was, you know, I have not, formally reached out or like tried to have our connection or, or conversations with one of my exes, one of the one that I actually love and respect the most because yeah, (laughs) I recognize, I recognize that he did a lot of emotional labor for me and like physical labor, (laughs) you know, he took care of me and, and we, we matured and, grew together and grew apart. And I did so much growing, like I achieved so much clarity about myself and who I was in that relationship after we broke up that I now recognize for me to contact him and to try to like process through what our relationship was or apologize to him or make it up to him. And even in, in a, even in a friendship way, It would be repeating the cycle of our relationship. It would be asking for him to bear witness to my emotional growth. And while, of course, like that is the foundation of a lot of great relationships, I just know that. It's actually more loving for me to not contact him. Even though he is the ex that I have the most love and respect for, he is the ex that I actually could have like a genuine, sustainable, healthy re- friendship with. You know, he's like the, the one ex that like I actually fucking really like and yet I, ha- I can't, I don't want to contact him because I'm really truly trying to recognize the fact that like I might be the best not in his life. You know, yeah. and I'm not saying that that's in a like hard. a damning <laughs> no, that's way. That's like a hard
1: thing to come up with. I and yeah. I, but I love it, right? Like it's an act of service for you to be like,
0: "Yeah, I'm not going to
1: try to insert myself into this."
0: Yeah, and it's not that I think I'm a terrible person in his life. I think that we could be fine friends. It's just like to. F- To really formally and truthfully break that cycle of me taking advantage of his attention and time and emotional presentness, you know, it would really even, you know, what's what's fucking wild is to him. He might think that I'm being cold and that like I dropped him like a like a hot potato, you know, but really this is a calculated decision that like I needed to break the cycle and that started with me not using him, not, not even used. It was just, it just started with me, um, not asking him to be a witness to everything of my life, you know? So I don't know if that means anything to you, to our letter writer, but maybe in addition to just saying like, this relationship is over, I want to choose myself. You can also see it as these last six months or however long it's been, like, you are respecting his boundaries. You are breaking the cycles. You are being different by evolving independent of him. And who knows, maybe you w- your paths will cross in a different way down the line. And I mean, you could contact him tomorrow, Sam, and I would be like, okay, that's fine. But it sounds <laughs> like you are making a lot of good changes in your life and that you're really investing in yourself and you can break a pattern here. By saying, instead of proving to this person that I'm doing all this work, I'm going to double down on the work. I'm going to, I'm going to do it for myself. I'm going to do it for me. And I'm going to give him the gift of space right now, of, of distance. It's hard. This is all so fucking hard. Like I said before, this is a really challenging place to be in, especially for someone like me, who's an emotional sucker, who processes things, processes things externally, and who always wants to make things right again, make things feel right. Sometimes we just have to sit in the discomfort of that growth period and know it's, it, it might never feel right. It may, it might never feel good or resolved, but life will move on. Like edges will soften. Things will feel better over time.
1: All right, Jabberwock. We, If it's not abundantly clear, uh, Sierra and I really love you um, and obviously are in this with you. Uh, we know that this isn't easy, that the choices aren't really clear in this moment. Um, and we also know that in so much of our lives, so much is unclear. And so many of the choices that we have to make are difficult um, and not black and white. But thank you for writing. We hope that this helps. All right, everyone, it is Friday, which means that we are going to do a blind date. This is when we try and set you up with something that we think you're really going to like. And this week, our blind date is?
0: Um, It is two things. It's the second round of my poetry class. I'm going to just say this really quickly. I'm offering a, another eight-week poetry class um, starting on February 7th, which is next week, I believe. So if you're interested in it, check out my social media at Sierra to Mulder on Instagram or my website Sierra Mulder.com. But more importantly, um, we had like a very culty January, so I'm gonna go with that theme. Um, it is a documentary on the H on HBO called The Vow. And I watched it with Spencer. And truthfully, it was like paced very slowly. But really well produced. Like it's it's a documentary, two two season documentary about the same cult called the it's a self-improvement group called Nexium. Um, and they were charged within the last like five to ten years uh, of charges of like cultism, but also legal uh actual charges of sex trafficking and racketeering conspiracy. Um brought against its highest members and the founder Keith, Keith Raniere, um, or Rainier. Anyway, it like the, the pacing of the documentary was a little slow and felt odd at times to me and Spencer, but I kept returning to it and I kept watching it. <laughs> um, and I think because it's, it follows the experience of the people like deeply involved in this group um, with like direct footage of everything going down. It's kind of like hard to look away from Um, and it's really like a story about power and vulnerability and, and people really wanting a purpose and, and taking advantage of one another. So I can't say that I Mm. loved it, (laughs) but I, I can (laughs) say that even that, I mean, in, you know, honestly, Willow and I are watching like six feet under, so unless you guys want me to hear. Unless you guys want to hear me talk about another show that came out like 20 years ago. <laughs> I think
1: this is the, <laughs> the better blind under.
0: date. Yeah. Um, anyway, it's on HBO. It's called the vow. Or if you want to take a poetry class with me, you can check out my website, Sierra. dot All
1: right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. If you would like more content from us, or if you would like to join us at our monthly office hours, you can support us on Patreon. If you support us on Patreon for as little as $5 a month, you'll get an additional bonus weekly episode as well as access to those monthly office hours. That's patreon.com slash justbreakuppod.
0: You can slide into our DMs, send us your favorite relationship memes, but most importantly, you can submit our questions about, your questions about all matters of the heart at justbreakuppod.com, which is also where you can find our merchandise.
1: Please remember to like, follow, subscribe, give us a five-star rating and review. This literally keeps our mics on and helps us reach more brokenhearted souls who need two random strangers, giving them relationship advice.
0: Just Break Up is a production of Duvid Media, original music, recording, editing, producing all magical things by our good friend Spencer Worth Davis. Make sure to check out his podcast and music. And remember, some things are not meant to have a clean and happy ending. Sometimes we have to carry that feeling of unease or uncertainty or regret with us. But I promise you with time and reflection and changed behavior, those feelings become softer, that the edges of them become dull and you start to see them for what they are. Human choices that we all have and we all learn from. And if all else fails,
1: just break up.